Hi, I'm Denise Bailey. And I'm Dr. Monica Parker. And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias. As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia. And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders. We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. I have been looking forward to this conversation. Yes, I'm so excited. It's long overdue. Yes. When we have guests on, I always introduce them first. So I will stay true to form. I am joined today by Ty Lewis. She describes herself as wife, mom, CEO, prophetic voice, and purpose pusher. Yes. And I would like to add that she is a caregiver, just like me, for her mom. Yes. Who has Alzheimer's. So let's start with a little bit about Ty. May I call you Ty? Yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ty, tell me about you. Where did you grow up? What was family life like? So I grew up, well, I was born in Queens, New York, Jamaica, Queens. Um, I lived there until I was six years old. And then I moved to a small town called Meridian, Georgia. It's so small. It's the country. We don't have any stoplights, no street names where I live. So everybody has a P.O. box. We just recently got street names, maybe five five or six years ago. So if the uh, police needs to come to your house, it's like, okay, drive down to mile marker 13, make two lefts, and then you'll see the yellow house on the right. And that is who you're looking for. And so it's a small knit community. Everyone knew everybody. Everybody was your cousin. And so I grew up tight knit, like um, just a large family. Um, So a lot of cousins. And so family life was good. Grew up, left, went to college. Um, the same thing. I went to Savannah State. And so that was a family as well, because my mom went there, my uh, siblings went there. And so everybody knew everyone. So it was literally me coming in and following in their footsteps. So it was like, hey, this is my little sister, or this is my niece, I need you to look after her. Um, So yeah, that was life. So you mentioned siblings, how many siblings did you have? Um, six of us and one pass. Yes. So in 1994. And so it's six of us. Sorry to hear about that. You mentioned your mom. So what was your mom like growing up? Was she quiet, feisty, strict? Oh, mommy was, uh, strict. Right. And so, and and I don't want to say strict, but she was just always orderly, making sure that you were respectful. Um, She was like an old school mom or she's like an old school mom Um, and making sure that you have meals seven days a week, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, I didn't eat out. We didn't eat out. Meals were cooked every single day. So you had your meat, you had your vegetable and then you had your sides. So she ran that household. She ran the household. So she was, she was just respectful. 
I mean, make sure that you were respectful, that you honored people, making sure that the house was intact. She was, like I said, she took the role of what you would read or deem as the wife that takes care, the the caretaker of the home. So she washed everybody's clothes. Like I said, she cooked, she kept the house together. She just, she did everything. When we had Thanksgiving and Christmas, she cooked all the meals. And so that's how she was. She did not play (laughs) at all. So when you went off to college, what was the dynamic like between you and your mom? Um, mommy was always, it wasn't like a best friend thing. You know how nowadays people are like, oh, that's my best friend. No, it was, it's, this is your mother and you're going to respect her, you know? And so, um, she would come out to college and visit. She would come to homecoming and things like that. So our relationship has always been good and we've always been close. And so we always talked every single day our times to talk early in the morning when she would be driving to school. And so, and then we would talk again, maybe in the afternoon. And then before I went to bed. So we always kept in communication with each other. We had a very good relationship. So let's get to it. When did you notice the change in her behavior? Because she was staying at home and I was away in Atlanta, I didn't see it firsthand. So my siblings would mention stuff. I remember, well, let me backtrack. I remember one time she said she lost her wedding ring and mommy would never do anything like that. But I wasn't familiar with, you know, dementia or Alzheimer's at that time. So I didn't think anything of it. She was like, I don't know where I put it. And again, that's not something that she would do. So I'll never forget her coming up here and saying, and she watched my daughter. When my daughter was in public school, they had a week off and I was still working. And so I said, mommy, I need you to come up here and watch Mackenzie. And I remember coming home one day and um, I was like, what did y'all eat for lunch? And so she said, oh, we didn't eat. And I said, what? Y'all didn't eat. And so Mackenzie was in the first grade at the time. And I said, Mackenzie, you weren't hungry? And she said, yes, yeah, so but we just didn't eat. And so I thought it was weird, you know, but I said, okay, maybe they just forgot. And I didn't think anything of it. And that was a red flag. But again, I didn't know anything about it. So I didn't, you know, I didn't think about it. So my um, father and then my siblings would say, you know, mommy's, uh, saying or accusing people of things. And she's saying things that we don't think happened and she's not washing her clothes and she's just wearing the same thing over and over again. And so it was little things like that, that they started noticing. And so, um, I scheduled her an appointment up here with a neurologist and that's how we found out. Mommy was turned, she had turned 17, I'm 17, Lord. She had turned 70 that March and and she was diagnosed that September. See, that sounds familiar. When I first noticed things about my mother, it wasn't that she was doing the things that your mother was doing, but she was combative and argumentative for seemingly no reason to me. Oh, wow. You know, and it was things like, the sky is clearly blue, but she, it would be like the sky is green. And she would argue that point till the cows came home. I was like, why is she, um, you know, being so disagreeable? And that's like, you finally got the diagnosis. It was the furthest thing from my mind. 
And yeah. I, I think my mother was in her late seventies, maybe early eighties okay. or something like okay. that. And so, yeah, it, it changes your world, doesn't it? It does. It really does. It changes how um, you see things. It changes your perspective of life. Um, it teaches you that things could happen at any moment. And it also teaches you that life is not promised in a sense where you think that you have life figured out and I'm going to be successful and I'm going to do all of these things and my life is going to do, you know, be A, B, C, and D. And that's not what it is. And so it's taught me, I think the biggest lesson is you take everything day by day and your life can, you know, just switch at any moment and you have to be ready and you have to be able to adapt. Did you think you were losing your mind? Because I did. I did. I remember I was like, I am forgetting things, simple things. I would go in the kitchen and say, I can't remember this. Um, what did I come in here for? And it was crazy. Yeah. Right. It, it, it made me take a step back and go, am I losing my mind? Am, am, I, right. am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? And it, yeah. it was a process. It was, a, you know, I had to step back and look at me <laughs> and, right. and say, okay, let, let's pull up our big girl pants and, and see right. what we can do Get about Get this it. thing moving. Absolutely. So what was, you know, you don't have to go into a lot of detail, but what was the diagnosis process like? How did you feel? How did your mother react? Or did she not have a reaction at all? So when we went in, the um, neurologist talked to her. Um, he did the clock test, which is the normal test that they administer, ask questions, you know, the memory questions, things like that, uh, did that. And then they did a brain scan. And so the results came back and um, she just broke down crying. And at that moment, neither one of us understood what it meant again. So let me backtrack. My grandmother had Alzheimer's. Her mother? Yes. Yes. And so the crazy thing is because Mama Genia was in her 90s, we were like, oh, she's just old. She's just talking to the TV. Oh, she's just, you know, and it wasn't to the extent where mommy is or what I can see her going through right now. And so it was okay. Yeah, maybe that, but it's also old age, right? And so, um, and let me say, it's a different time because when I was growing up, we had older relatives and we'd say, oh, they're just senile. But now right. we know it's more than that. Right, exactly. So I hadn't researched or anything like that. And when she was diagnosed, she was diagnosed with dementia without behavioral disturbance. I just started researching. and just leaning in to see what do I need to do? What does that look like? And the bottom line is we learn as we go. Who I am today and the practices and the strategies that I teach is not who I was day one. I would fuss with mommy. I would say, you know, just those little things where we feel like we can win the battle and we feel like they're being combative, you know, or so on and so forth. Or, you know, I'm going to tell her what to do because now she's listening to me because I'm in charge. And so, 
you feel like you're taking on these roles and that's not your place. And I think many people, many caregivers need to understand that our position is to serve and to love and to give grace. And so when we enter from that position, we will be able to serve well, right? And so we will step out of the authoritative figure where we're saying, okay, well, I'm your caretaker. I tell you, no, she's still my mother. And so it's an honor, integrity, and respect thing. And so even though I'm taking care of her, even though she may not remember, even though she doesn't have the capacity to navigate through daily life, I still have to respect her as my mother. That's what I had to come to terms with. Let me stop you there because I hope everyone hears what you just said. I need to put that on a loop because I had to learn that myself. As I mentioned, I would try to, for lack of a better term, get my point across. And I had to to learn that that's not going to happen because it's, it's not in an area where she's cognizant and able to decipher uh right complex yeah it's her world and i think and i need to exactly i just need to uh be patient i i've I've told my listeners before i pay i pray for patience and i continue to do so it you have to have patience and just realize that you're not going to uh, win this argument nor should you you should just right you should just be and my mother is still cognizant enough at some point to look at me and say i'm the mother that's what mommy does the same thing she says I'm, and it doesn't know that she's my that she's my mother right she thinks i'm her sister but she'll look at me quick and say i'm i'm the mother you don't tell me what to do and so um yeah we, we have to understand that we don't win we can't win the battle with dementia because we'll be sitting there arguing all day long yes absolutely yeah i won't go into a long part of this but when i was first thrust into this caregiver situation, what helped me and what helped me feel like I wasn't alone was to hear stories of what other people have been going through. Can you just tell me briefly a little story about your experience that might help someone else? I think the biggest thing um, that has helped me is faith and perspective, right? And so, People will say, Ty, you can't tell me that that every day is peaches, right? Or rosy. And so my answer is always, it is not. However, it is my perspective or in in how I view things that allows me to enjoy every experience. So we may have a hard day sundowning, right? But if I take something good out of that, it was a hard day, but I choose to look at what was good. And so every day that I spend with mommy is a day that teaches me to be better. It teaches me how to be kind. It teaches me how to be patient. It teaches me how to love well. And I don't always get it right. I'm not perfect. I missed the mark plenty days. But again, it teaches me that my perspective has to shift. When I read this story that an an optometrist once said that vision doesn't take place in the eyes, 
vision takes place in the brain. And so therefore, what we see here is what, and that's our thinking, is what we'll see here. And so my vision, I, is based on my thought response or what I'm thinking. And so that in turn gives me a response or allows me to say something. So I, what I think is what I choose to see or what I choose to see is what I think. And so it allows me to have positive interactions with my mom. And so I think some of the best times is when we're dancing. If, if anybody follows us, we're dancing all the time, acting crazy. And so those are the best times that I have with her when we're dancing, when she is having one of those sundowning moments. And when we can, I could just put on some Aretha Franklin or some gospel music and we can get down with the get down. And so that's probably one of the best. It's not a story, you know, so to speak, but it's just, it, it encompasses everything, you know, just understanding that every day can be great. Yes, every day can be great. Great advice. So we will pause right here and continue our discussion with Ty on our next episode. She has a lot more insight and a lot more to say. See you next time.